Number 5674, July 19th. I am used to irony. The world is commanded by it. The rulers embrace irony, and there is no end of it. It reaches from the lowest levels all the way to the highest, and it cannot be overcome. It used to be considered clever and desirable in small doses. Writers used to contrive ways to seem ironic, for irony was sometimes equated with wisdom and depth of thought, or even high humor. Irony expanded its confines, and now everything is ironic, painfully ironic. It is a world of fiction that we have created at the expense of a natural, good world that would have led us to a proper end. Instead, we have the artificial world that is unreal to everybody, but of use to nobody. Does anybody understand the difference, however? The world of irony is broad and diverse. We dream that we will go to work. Then we do go to work. While at the same time, we do not dream about the car crash on the way home. So we are unprepared for it when it does happen. What is fine in this? I do not know. And I do not think that anybody other than myself can understand it. I talk about it all of the time and tell people what to expect. They look at me as if I were insane. And perhaps I am. I think it is ironic that the madman is considered sane while the madmen themselves judge the judges themselves to be the ones who are insane. This is the world that we inhabit, or so it seems to us at times. How did I notice at first that this was happening? Did night turn to day and day to night? Did I begin eating rice instead of potatoes suddenly? Did the sky turn from purple to green? The first one I noticed was my son. He used to play with me every day after school. He was the girt of my loins, fathered by myself with my genes. I took a blood sample after he was born and it was established as possible that I had fathered him indeed, or at least it could not be ruled out. So I raised him. I knew he was my son. He had my eyes, my hair, my musculature, not to mention my curiosity with morbid imagery. We talked endlessly of many things while great moments of contemplative silence also passed between us. My parents were most certainly my own, for we also took the proper blood tests. Blood test 5674 
was what we had. As a result of this, we had the same taste in foods, and we talked knowledgeably about the same composers and read the same books, watched the same movies. I knew that they would never change. They knew that I would also never change. My brother, too, he was one of us. He smiled when he looked into our eyes. And when he called us, we instantly knew it was him. At all times, I knew where he was, and he knew where I was. Yet, after some time, things began to change. My son stopped talking to me at all. He became more interested in cars than the morbid images that we used to create and collect together. He never played with me after school, and his eyes began to change, his hair color too, and he began to destroy his body with a kind of contempt for his bloodline. He knew that he would die young, and this was his goal in life. My parents, too, they stopped reading books, stopped watching movies, stopped listening to music. Instead, they took to socializing, gossiping, and fishing. Sometimes they even went camping. My mother watched sports on television. My father played cards. I was like a stranger to them. They smiled when they thought I wasn't in the room. Then the look washed off their faces when they knew that I was present. My brother developed a contempt for my ideas and would never cease to drag me down. I would say to my friends when I invited them to my house, look at them going on as if all were normal and nothing had changed. That person, he's my fake son. That one is my fake father. In the other room, my fake mother and brother, what are they doing? Nothing is as it seems, although all seems to be as it should. How obvious that all is amiss. And what an insult to my intelligence to go on as if things were still the same. I laugh at them, they and their petty, stupid plots. I broke into the doctor's office that afternoon after everybody had gone for a checkup and tried to examine the blood samples, but was interrupted by a janitor and almost discovered. I had to run away. Going back to the house is no good. I knew that I was being set up for I had seen an ambulance parked around the corner from my house. I ran away, moved to another city, changed my name. I became a medical technician in my quest to find the truth behind my blood and took it apart to analyze it for a million things. It took some legal wrangling, 
spot I finally got copies of the old records and found that the blood types had changed from the time when my family had belonged to me and the time when they'd become estranged. I went through a period of despondency when I simply didn't know how to accept this news. But I soon undertook action. I scoured the records for candidates that matched the old blood types and called the people I found in them for interviews. The ones that I met who most closely matched my real family I invited to my house for dinner, friendly discussions, and even to sleep with me. After a certain time, my family members moved into the same house with me. They all had the same blood. Once that had been accomplished, it was only a matter of brainwashing them to assume the roles and characters of my real mother, father, son, 